Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Angelos. It's a pleasure to be with you this week. You know, as we're starting out the new year, one of the focuses that I really like to get everybody on is really the focus of what I refer to as financial wellness. You know, Proverbs tells us, of what use is money in the hand of fools when they don't have the heart to acquire wisdom? So what we're going to talk about today is a little bit about really setting yourself up, what is financial wellness and how does it work? And with us this week, one of my partners and you know one of our frequent guests and kind of my co-host here, David Suki, Executive Vice President over at CNA Financial Group. David, pleasure to have you with us and Happy New Year to you. Thank you, Frank. Happy New Year to you. Pleasure to be with you again. Very good. So, Dave, you know, first of all, you know, we're getting started with New Year, and I know that you know, in the financial business, it's like that mad dash at the end of the year, trying to get everything done, um, you know, taking care of from a tax standpoint, setting up, and then we spoke about over the last couple of shows of really what to do to set up your New Year, which is some goal planning, rebalancing things of that nature. But you know, at the end of the day. You know, we talk about a concept we refer to as financial wellness. And for some people, they, don't, they look and they go, what do you mean by financial wellness? What is it and how does it work? So let's talk a little bit about that concept of financial wellness so that we can give some people perspective on that. So anytime that we talk about, you know, wellness, perspective, I always say that you got to start with the core, which is, you know, what's the purpose of money in your life? So, you know, I know when mm-hmm. you get into conversations with clients and you're give, you know, giving them advice and so forth, you know, how are you setting that conversation up typically? And what is it that generally you're looking to help people to understand and to discover as they talk about the purpose of money? Yeah, Frank, we've, we've had a lot of conversation, me and you, around this right through the years. And I think it starts with the why, right? What is the, what is the why? What, what is the intent? Um, and then, you know, we have a good colleague – that we give credit to who came up with a conversation called why do you work hmm. good point and and really that that's a good place to start why do you do what you do what's the purpose of money um and then what again you know starting with why to understand you know how does it how would you like it to play a role in your life is it all about what you're about is it a piece of what you're about like and when we talk in terms of wellness um, we dive into that, starting with what the intention and purpose is first. You know, as, as you're you know, going through that a little bit, one of the things I think of is, is like for some people, I think that they miss that part of the conversation, which is the why, and they look as if it's almost like points on a scoreboard, you know, which is what they'll do is they'll say, okay, I got more points, and they get what I refer to kind of a little bit of a hoarding mentality mm-hmm. as if the more points I have on the scoreboard, the happier I'm going to be. And the reason why that happens is is money ultimately became their God in their life, which is that's their whole focus, rather than the purpose of money in their life, which is why is it meaningful? What is it that's that right. you're looking to accomplish? That's and right. when you're talking about that why, I think that that's really what we're trying to get at with people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we think about that, you know, that whole concept of, wellness is really understanding the purpose of money in your life. And the purpose of money in your life is to give you a certain quality of life and to allow you to do some of the things that you'd like to do. Um, you know, it's interesting is money is a commodity yes. you know, when we think of it like that. And so when I say it's a commodity, it's like water. But if we look at it from this standpoint is water, if that was the commodity and we were having this conversation like that, if I was in a desert, okay, um, has tremendous value to me. 
on the other side of that is, you know, if I'm, you know, if I, you know, just had, you know, a 32-ounce water or whatever the case might be and I offer you more, it's like, well, I'm not yeah. really thirsty right now. So it depends on where you are and what you're looking to have come out of it. Yeah, and, and there's there's something, a distinction for me, Frank, that through the years I've seen. Money as we see it sometimes is just a currency, you know, meaning there's an exchange going on. Right. There's some value created and then the exchange may be a price that we're paying for that value and the exchange is the money, the actual currency, right? So um, – Really, when you get down to the core, that that is part of what money was created for, right? God, you know, it says in God we trust, right on dollar on our dollar bills. Exactly. So it's like, you know, it's created for that exchange purposes. And yeah, we talk a lot about wellness. What what does it look like in your life? Are you you know are you creating value with it? Are you making an impact with it? Are you storing it up and hoarding it? And there's nothing wrong with, by the way, storing it up. We talk about why that's right. important to do that, Absolutely. but responsibly. Correct. So, um, those are the f- the beginning steps, I think, of discovering are you on the path of wellness. So, you know, when I listen to you a little bit, Dave, and, and you're going through that, one of the things that kind of jumps out at me is is that as we start a new year, one of the biggest things I would always try to help people to understand is is to really go out of your way to avoid what I refer to as lifestyle addiction. And lifestyle addiction is where you end up financially unbalanced and not really with financial wellness. And when I say that is, is that if I take on what I refer to as a consumption purpose of money in my life, which is my job is to just consume and I don't save, I don't invest, I'm not a good steward, I'm not impacting Uh, my church. I'm not impacting the people around me. I'm not improving the quality of life of anybody other than myself. And I'm just a consumer consuming everything that I can get my hands on. The challenge with that is that I'm not really um, setting the pace. It'd be almost like if we were going to run a race and I said, okay, Dave, we're going to run a marathon, you know, and Mm -hmm. marathon being 26 miles. I don't think I could do that at this (laughs) point, but let's assume I could run that marathon. And if I came out of the gate and sprinted, okay, what's going to happen is I'm going to be exhausted very quickly, then realizing is like, holy cow, I've got 25 more miles to go. By the way, not that I could sprint a mile, <laughs> but I would, I would be looking at life like that. And I think that what happens with people as it relates to financial wellness is, is that at points in their life, and often for a young person starting out or a person that gets a nice a bonus, you know, might have got a nice bonus year end, or they might have got a nice pay increase. What happens is, is they adjust lifestyle up to that level of living. So it's kind of like that, you know, you're, you're getting kind of lifestyle lured in that lifestyle yeah. addiction. And then when there's one little bump in the road or something happens, it, it's it makes for like a crash, and it's very difficult. So. Part of what I look at is really that, which is understanding that whole purpose of money, the stewardship of it, which is, you know, making sure that you're being a good person with it. And when I say a good person is you're doing the right things, you know, which is, you know, your friends, your family, your church, your community, people that are in need. And if you have abundance, you know, part of your thing is, you know, it was all a gift from God in the first place. Mm-hmm. But part of it is really to impact that positively where you can make a difference. And then you, Dave, our thing is, is that you should save. 
you know, and you know, what is it that you're recommending to people at the level that they should say? Yeah, Frank, we're we're real clear on this through the years of uh, research and client experiences. Fifteen to twenty percent of your gross income. And when I say that to someone here, like we always joke with, with clients all over the country, right? And cost of living here is as high as it gets, you know, for the most part. To say that to someone who's never really saved, you, you're asking them to run the marathon of someone who's never even jogged a mile before. It's a challenge. They, they even can't even wrap their mind around it. But that is the ideal place to be. So it's discovering first where are you at, how much are you saving, Right, and what I mean by saving, like in the bank, um, in a investment account, in a you know a, even a retirement plan, you know what, what's exactly. going on there. Looking in an assessment of hey, how much of my m- money that comes into my my life each year am I actually putting aside for the fact that I have future responsibilities that I probably want to take care of. Well, you and I, Dave, you know, and, and we go through this conversation all the time. And for our listeners, you know. We'll repeat certain things a lot because we want it to really be yes, part of who you become, yes. you know, and part of how you think. And you know, we'll always say, "Don't spend then save. You should save then, then spend. spend." Yes, and it's the same thing as far as stewardship. Like with church, is you know, you, you, we're not tipping God, which is um, we're going to go out and spend. Then we're going to go out and save, save. and then if we got a little bit left over, we're going to give it to God. Yeah, what we're doing is is we're looking and we're getting paid, you know, our compensation. We're making sure that whatever the church or charities that are important in our life, we're taking care of those. We're taking money out for savings. We're setting that to the side. And then we're living on the difference. When you do it the other way around, what tends to happen is what we have in our pocket and what we have in our checking account is what lures us into lifestyle addiction. Because what I refer to that is that short-term money in liquid accounts. And short-term money and liquid accounts only has one of two areas that it's going to go. Okay. Dave, you want to take a shot at those two areas or should I do it? Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So it's either going to go to wealth enjoyment, yep. which is I'm going to enjoy it and spend it and consume it, or it's going to ultimately go to long-term, which is wealth accumulation. Yep. And so what I keep trying to point out to people is settle the wealth accumulation part first. Take care of the stewardship part first. And then live on the balance so that you can live guilt-free. And what you'll also tend to do is you're living, you'll always live below your means, not above your means, which is where many people get into trouble there, which is, you know, like I call it the holiday um, binge, which is, you know, right now we have people that, you know, might have gone out, spent a little bit on the holidays and so forth. They put it on the credit card, yep. and all of a sudden the bills are starting to come due typically this week through the course of the next several weeks. <laughs> and so they're looking, and they're going, it's like, oh, my gosh, how long is this going to take me to pay off or whatever the case might be? And a 1000 2000 $3,000 credit card bill, you throw 15%, 20 25% on top of that. Yep. You know, the holidays cost you a lot more than you thought, especially if you don't pay it off right away. That's right. And – Frank, there's a balance, right? You just talked about three areas, spending, saving, and giving. Yes. That's a balance. There's not, we're not saying one or the other. Don't, don't spend. Don't enjoy your life and enjoy nice things. I know we both like certain nice sure, things absolutely. in life, okay? But it's a, it's a discipline. It's a philosophy of how we live and how we move through life. And what we have found is that um, it's amazing. I don't live any differently, and yet I save better right. and I give better. Because they just they work off of each other. It's amazing how that seems to work. It's interesting is um, our partner Jim, you know, uh, Shepis, who you know, 
actually as we're recording this one, I think he's in Liverpool. You know, he's doing his you know the Eng- uh, the England mm, Beatles yeah. tour up there, which is you know he went on vacation, and so it was interesting is. Jim has a phrase that I love. He calls it busy brain. And busy brain is is that when we're not really managing our financial affairs well and we don't have that financial balance and we don't have financial wellness, we're not feeling good about who we are in the moment, about our money, you know, that's when we get busy brain, which is we have a very difficult time focusing on the moment, focusing on the here and now, sleeping well at night. And the reason being is is, because we have so much stuff going on that financially we're trying to put in our head, how do we get make it all work? How do we make it all happen correctly? And what happens is is it's pressure, and that's not financial wellness at all. No, no. no so, and I think society's done that a little bit, Frank, with the – we've had – we could have many shows about this around the retirement philosophy, the way that people think that they should, you know, retire one day, you know, or how retirement should be. So that, I think, puts pressure on people the older they get. They get consumed with that. Am I on track? Am I behind? Am I ahead? And um, a lot of times they're, they're not even clear what that looks like for them. So we try to settle them down and say, what, what are we really trying to accomplish here? And, you know, when we talk about, you know, that retirement trick, which we'll be talking about on, you know, some shows coming up in the near future, it really started, which is that whole wellness standpoint, which is, being grounded on managing that cash flow and making good decisions, saving that 15 to 20%, Dave, that you were talking about. And by the way, it's not going to happen overnight. You have, no. Sometimes you got to build up to it, and the way that you're building up to it is by adjusting expenses, uh, reducing debt, uh, pay increases as you go forward, and then how to take the increase that you didn't have before and how to put some of that towards long term. Because at the end of the day, you need to start saving it. And some of the areas that you got to save it for is, is, you know, there's a couple. And we'll chat a little bit about this. But, you know, first thing I'll point out is, is that, you know, we live in a great country. Okay. We get a lot of benefits. There's a lot of things that happen with that. But the reality is this, is that Social Security for most people has been pushed back. It's not 65 anymore. The younger you are, the later it is. Mm-hmm. Um Social Security, in my opinion, at some point may become a little bit more needs-based, you know, where they'll look a lot heavier at your other income, your other assets, and you know, kind of that lifestyle to determine where you're at and what you should get. The Affordable Health Care Act, which is a.k.a. Obamacare, which was enacted the beginning of this year, has become a shift in health care. Okay? And when we look at that, there's a lot of employers that have abandoned their plans, there was just an article recently came out in the paper, and they were saying that the cost of it, they're determining is going to be higher. And the reason being is, is because there's a lot more older people that are signing up for it, and they're not getting the large numbers of young people signing up, which were intended to offset the rates. And then when we add on top of that, take a look at the fact that you know we have the baby boomers that are you know in the process of mm-hmm. retiring. We're living longer. Okay, all of these are concerns that we have as it relates even to the government. And then, Dave, I know that you give advice to people on the corporate side and so forth. Maybe just, you know, talk a little bit about what you're seeing on the corporate side, you know, so that they see it coming that way, too. Frank, you know, years back when you first started in this business, people had what we call DB plans to find benefit at retirement. They had a pension and a payment plan. Now the 
corporate America has shifted strictly to DC plans to find contribution, aka four hundred one k's, four hundred three b's, IRAs, right? Things that we contribute to now during our working years that we'll rely on in our retirement years to to provide income. So there's not a lot of education around you know how to once you arrive there how to distribute this money because it. It was done for you, you know, years ago. So for the first time, Americans, baby boomers are really the first generation having to deal with, with this conversation. And it's challenging because they're not clear on, well, what does this provide me in, in terms of cash flow? And that's what we talk about, right? The cash flow, the income, the money we, we get in each month, each week, each year is what we, we utilize in our lives. It's not a, you know, a balance sheet scorecard. Perfect. So as we wrap up today's show and we you know, talk about this concept of financial wellness, the key for all of our listeners is really to get that cash flow in check so that you have more month or more money left at the end of the month than month left at the end of the money and really try to start out with a great year. You've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. Our guest today, David Suki. This is Frank Congelos. If you have questions, you could write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, 08736, or email us at info at com. Thank you and have a blessed week. 